Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God. So thankful to have my good friend Ryan in studio with us today, hanging out. He's going to tell us a little bit about his Jesus story, uh, so you don't want to miss it. Hang out. We'll be right back. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. What's up, dude? Just I, here. I, uh, I I hardly recognize you. I don't need to either see you at, at the doctor's yeah, office no. or on a real estate appointment. Uh, <laughs> seeing people out of context is weird. Mm-hmm. I saw one of the nurse practitioners that works at uh, Transylvania Hospital that I interact with pretty regularly yeah. at church the other day, and yeah. I didn't realize it was him yeah. until he was like, oh, Ryan. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but out of a mask, out of context. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, kind of before we get into it, I'm going to do a quick community update and let the guys kind of know what's going on. So, guys, we still are um, kind of targeting quarter two of 2022 for our community launch. Uh, still looking for some key volunteers to step up and possibly even look into higher position um, to launch the community. So if that's something you're interested in or have some aptitude and want to pitch in, let us know. Um, we're kind of looking to fill and do that. So that's still a priority. So stay tuned for that and it'll be coming up soon. So yeah, that's it, man. I tell you what, Hey, you mind opening us up in prayer? That's fine. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Uh, dear Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for this day and thank you for letting us get together and talk. And, uh, just thank you for all of our blessings and I pray that you continue to guide us and bless us and keep us healthy and, uh, help give us strength to overcome obstacles that may come and uh, help us have a good holiday season, and let us all remember the reason for Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. That's good, man. So before we started, you were telling me you've got a little bit of stomach bug going around the Nelson household, huh? Yeah, it's not bad. Um, It started like a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's just kind of been hitting like one kid at a time. So it'll hit one, it'll take him a couple days to get over it, and then it hit another one. It hit my uh, second oldest last night. She just kind of after dinner up over all over the bed and <laughs> wife got up and took care of that around one o'clock this morning. Oh no. Uh, but she's fine now. I mean, they're playing and stuff. I had no fever or anything. Yeah. So. Uh, as far as illnesses go, it's not the worst case right. scenario. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of are in the same boat right now. So Bennett, uh, on Friday, he came home and started running a fever and we're like, Oh gosh, here we go. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, so we took him, I guess it was Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. Anyway, over the weekend we took him and uh, they tested him for COVID, strep, yep. and flu. All and, the swabs. Yep. And uh, his flu came back positive. So little buggers got the flu and he's trying to power through that. But Good. Yeah. But yeah, man. So hashtag parenting. <laughs> they, need, they need that stuff. They yeah. Need, their bodies need that type of exposure. It's miserable. No one likes it, but it makes them stronger. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, kids, indeed. They touch stuff and put things in their mouth, and that's, <laughs> that's the end of it. I know. It, you, you just can't <laughs> stop it. They're, no. they're crazy little buggers. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, so, you know, tell me tell me a little bit about your story. I mean, I kind of know you because we, yep. we kind of grew up together, went to school together and all that, yep. but I don't know, like, the in-depth Ryan Nelson story, like when Jesus got your heart and all that stuff. So yeah, lay it on uh, me, man. Let's hear it. I'll tell you. Well, uh, I don't know. Um, born and raised in a Christian household, always kind of knew about 
God, went to church all the time, that sort of thing, accepted Christ at a very young age. Uh, but you, you know, as you get older, you kind of just lose touch of all that. stuff. So most people mm-hmm. do, you know, and then you kind of go away and you start trying to make, you know, your kind of own way and think you can do the things on your own. And so that's kind of where I was in high school. You start getting asked hard questions that you've never been asked before. Cause yeah. you kind of erase in this echo chamber yeah. where everything, like everybody just knows that God is the truth. Right. Yeah. And then people who are smarter than you start asking you questions that you can't answer. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that kind of, that kind of came to a head when I went into, uh, into my master's program at George Washington, where was probably one of like the, one of like three Christians or yeah. religious people in the, in my class of 60 ish. Wow. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I had kind of been pursuing trying to figure out why I was a Christian even before that, but it came to a head there because, I, I didn't have the answers these people wanted. You know, yeah. they wanted more of like an intellectual argument, a rational argument for faith and that sort of thing. And so what ended up happening is I started looking at and started reading theology and Christian philosophy and stuff mm-hmm. like that and apologetics. Um, so I got big into C.S. Lewis yeah. at that oh, point. Yeah. And, uh, and I had probably a two-hour commute to and from school each day. Oh, so wow. I would just put on mere Christianity and listen to that multiple times because I didn't get it at first. Yeah. I mean— we preface this by my reading comprehension level was poor coming out of high school. Right. So I had to yeah. dig in and try to like, we're, make, we're products of the public yeah, school system yeah. so for better or worse. I think I was probably reading it like a fifth grade late <laughs> as an 18 year old. And, uh, so I, I tried to read mere Christianity. It did, I couldn't uh, comprehend because yeah. CS Lewis was just such an intellectual yeah. the way that he wrote. It was very difficult for somebody of low education level basically to get that. So I had to listen to it multiple times to yeah. even have it sink in. And, uh, but that kind of led me down the path. And then I started re- uh, reading, is it, um, Michael Behe or somebody who wrote, um, is that a case for Christ? Yeah. Yeah. And then, that, uh, Strobel, Strobel, yep. Strobel, Lee Strobel. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who Behe is. I don't know either, but the name sound familiar. Sounds familiar. I was like, I probably read whatever he's about to say. <laughs> so, so then I, I started developing a Christian theology that I kind of understood and could, uh, you know. Um, it became your own. Yeah, yeah, because you put all these pieces together. And um, and then The Case for Christ led me to this book called An Answer That Demands a Verdict. Mm. And it's this massive tome of information about uh, sort of the historical evidence and proof for Jesus. And yeah. um, and that took me a long time to get through. But you, you start developing these things, and you the interesting thing is that in, in class— you start learning so much about something that things are become less clear, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at chemistry and that sort of thing, the more you get into the depths of chemistry of biochemistry, the more you realize that we don't really know what we're talking about, right? A lot of this stuff is kind of like theoretical, especially in physics. And there are always exceptions to the rule. The more that I got into digging into finding truth yeah the more true and the more clear it becomes yeah it was kind of like counterintuitive yeah as to what experiences in general in school you know usually you start getting into these really kind of esoteric themes but when you search for jesus you find them yeah and when you search for truth you find it yeah it's there you just got to look for it yep but it takes work yeah and um so I, i'm still pursuing that stuff i go back and i read read c.s lewis i'm on like 
the last five pages of Revelation. I finally read through the Bible. Yeah. Finally. But I'm glad I waited till now. Yeah. Because now I kind of get it. Yeah. And uh, it means more to me. So it's been a long journey. I mean, it's probably been six or seven years in the making. Yeah. But now I finally feel like well, I actually do know God. Mm-hmm. At, at least I can relate. Yeah. You know? And I, I think it, being a dad, too, changes everything. Like the first taste of unconditional love I got was when Evie was born, our oldest. Mm-hmm. And I held her and I was like, I don't know why I, w- I feel the way I do for this thing. Yeah. Right. This yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but God, we're, you know, we're created in his image. Yep. We get a shadow of what he experiences. If this is what unconditional love kind of looks like, I can't imagine, yeah. you know, what, what he puts up with. And obviously we know. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, we, we just, uh, you know, we disobey around every corner. We sin all the time and he still puts up with us. Yep. It's a really interesting concept. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you, you've kind of hit something that's been true for me. It's just, it's been really crazy. Like how, how much deeper my faith has become when I was a, when I became a father. Yeah, it, absolutely. You just learn all these lessons that I, I don't even know how you learn the essence of God other than fulfilling the role of fatherhood and, you know, being a husband, all that kind of stuff. So I, I absolutely concur with you on that and feel that's uh, been really strong in my life too. We know that's part of God's nature. Yeah. Right? Uh, we know that he was a father, right? Yep. He, he created all of us. Yep. We know that Jesus was basically the bridegroom to the church. So he fulfilled that husbandly role. It's, it's a really interesting so the more, that's what I'm saying, it all kind of falls into place as you go along and learn more about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, so, um, so you've kind of had six or seven years where you're kind of going deeper and deeper with yeah. God, owning your faith, yep. um, kind of working it out. And, you know, let me say kudos to you, man, because a lot of guys, um, you know, especially, you know, we're, we're kind of talking from the Bible belt, right? You, mm-hmm. you alluded to the fact that we kind of grow up and everybody yeah. knows, you know, God's true and God loves yeah. people. And, you know, we kind of know the, the, the framework of it, yeah. but, uh, we have to, at some point, it's not just the faith of our fathers, it's our yeah. faith and we have to work it out and own it. So kudos to you, man, because a lot of guys just kind of back down from that responsibility and that work. But so as you've been journeying through that, how is that, how's that kind of changed your day to day? Like, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your wife, with your kids, mm-hmm. with your, with your occupation, you know, what, what's kind of changed as you've kind of worked out your faith over the last few years? Well, the, the main thing I see is how I interact with my wife, right? Because we were married kind of when maybe first half of my intellectual, uh, you know, uh, adventure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Your journey. Yeah. My journey. Yeah. And so, you know, basically just starting to ask myself, okay, what's a biblical response? How do I handle this from a biblical span- standpoint? Yeah. And we know that we have a, a role as head of the house, as husbands, and, um, but we also know that we have to treat our wives like Christ treated the church, yeah. right? So yeah. that's a massive responsibility. So I used to, you know, and I still get angry. Yeah. I, I still have a temper. But yeah. That's all mellowed out a lot. Because when things start bubbling up, uh, I just think, well, this isn't this isn't Christ-like. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Yeah. And one of the books that I like from C.S. Lewis that really uh, exemplifies this is um, 
screw tape letters. Have yeah. you ever read that? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah. I think every man before they get married needs to needs to read that book. Yeah. But we used to squabble about the smallest little things. And you're yeah. Like, oh, that's that Wormwood guy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that and then, you know, um, making sure, especially with kids, making sure that I try to be as patient as I can with them. I, when I discipline them, I try to make sure that it's this, this is something that they understand what they're being punished for. And like, yeah. you, you just have to make sure that you're, yeah, following Christ's example, basically. Yeah. I mean, it, it, everybody looks for role models and how they should be a parent or yep. a husband or a man in general. It's like, it's all right there. You yeah. just got to basically follow his lead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, um, something that, uh, I always struggle with, and you can tell me if it's something that that's on your mind too. I tend to think it may be, but, uh, you know, I, I like, I, I've reluctantly become a reader. Like mm-hmm. I hated yeah. being a reader yep. basically my whole life, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, if I want to continue to grow as a man after Christ, I, I have to be a reader. Yeah. And so one of the things I struggle with though, is I almost feel guilty when I read like secular books, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that have like good applicable stuff in them. I'm like, oh, I should be reading the Bible more. Mm -hmm. I should be reading a Christian only kind of point of view on this. Do you, do you, do you ever get that like, uh, guilt, I guess, (laughs) guilty reading of actual like good, good stuff that's not labeled just Christian? uh, Yes, I get that. Um, I try to do Bible in the morning. So mm-hmm. at least I get that. Yeah, yeah. And then I do, if I'm going to read secular stuff, I read it in the evening. But I, so I have that, but I all, I think it's good to have perspective on how the outside world and the culture thinks. Yeah. So I, I read a lot of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everything is, it's some sort of history or anthropology or something like that. If it's going to be secular. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it's helpful to have a different perspective, how people view uh, our history and cultural shifts and change from, uh, from a secular point of view and then how we view it from a Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I don't think it's, it's a waste of time necessarily. I don't feel super guilty about it. I think it makes me better rounded yeah. and able to answer those questions because again, I went to school with those people who yeah. write these books. Right. So, yep. um, but yeah, I, I do. And then the other thing is that I don't like reading generally. I know I need to do it. So I yeah. do it. Uh, so I, I steer away from fiction a yeah. lot of times because I feel like if I'm going to be reading, I might as well be learning. Right. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. You yeah. know, if, if I'm, if I'm spending, you know, whatever time I can carve out to read, I yeah. better be, it yeah. better be productive reading. Productive. It's gotta be productive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to spin my tires on that, but yeah, yeah. man, I, you know, that I, I hear you because, uh, um, I, there's just, I, I think, and I keep, I keep referencing it because it was just such a cool thing, but Carl, a few episodes came, came on and said that, you know, when, when you have God's truth, you can just blow up everything around and his truth's going to stand. And I, I kind of view my secular reading like that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm reading, uh, Mm -hmm. the one thing by Gary Keller right now, great book, a lot of fantastic principles about, you know, uh, personal productivity, Mm -hmm. team productivity Mm -hmm. and effectiveness and all that stuff. And, um, as far as I know, he's a Christian. I believe he is. I, mm-hmm. I think I'm correct in saying that, but it's not like a Christian book. And what I'm able to do in it, like what you are alluding to, you're able to go through and filter it through the God mm-hmm. lens mm-hmm. 
and the truth still stands. Mm -hmm. You just have to put God's framework around it. So, you know, I think that actually makes us better. Like you said, when, when you've got these people that you rub shoulders with at work or you went to school with or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're asking these intellectual challenging questions. Mm -hmm. You're able to say, well, yeah, this, this is what's true. And it's true because it's through God's framework and his, you know, his wisdom and everything. So that's right. Yeah, man, that's good. So, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit if, if you don't mind, and maybe, maybe this is prying a little bit, but tell me a little bit about how you guys do with disciplining. Cause I know that's mm. at our house, that's, you know, I'll, I'll set it off. We, we spank, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something we do. We try not, we definitely don't lead with it. Minimize it. We minimize yeah, it, yeah. but we, we get there if we need to, yeah. um, you know, we try to make sure that voices don't get raised. Yeah. Um, we try to get down on the kids level. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we try to make sure that they're, um, aware, uh, they're connecting, you know, the action that they're not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. with, you know, um, the fact why they're not supposed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we try to do in varying degrees of success and, yeah, yeah. and non-success. But, yeah. uh, you know, practically what do you, what do you guys do? Maybe we can learn a little bit from it. That's pretty much it. I yeah. mean, we, you know, I believe there is a, uh, place for physical punishment yeah again i think that's it's in the bible i think that's biblical yeah um you know so i I think there's a place for it but uh you basically try to exhaust all other options right that's good with the exception obviously if they're doing something that's going to hurt themselves or hurt their my case sisters yeah um you know we one of our kids i can't remember who it was um was messing with light sockets and stuff and obviously you can't just like pat their hand and say, no, we don't do that because if they continue to try and experiment, they're going to, it's going to yeah. be a bad situation. So you have to inflict pain so that they know light socket equal, equals pain. We, we have language for that in our house. Ouch, dangerous, ouch, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you try that stuff, but in those sort of situations, uh, we're probably more quick to, yeah. you know, instill corporal punishment, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's scant. You know, yeah. we, we don't do a whole lot of it because I think, Kids, even though they're really pretty unreasonable creatures, they can't, you can't reason with them to an extent, yeah. you know, and, uh, uh, a well-placed timeout or just let, letting them cool off does, does wonders a lot of times too, but we're not, a, we're not afraid to discipline. I mean, I think you do a disservice to kids if you don't discipline Yeah. over time, yeah. you'll see that if you discipline, it reaps benefits. And if you don't, it's sort of, yeah. creates chaos. And especially when we have four, we have to run a tight ship. Yep. Otherwise the whole house would be in disarray. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And mo- mommy and daddy always have to be on the same page. You guys have to page. be singing from the same hymnal, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But, yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's not easy. Who who would have thought, you know, we were going to be dads yeah. and husbands yeah. and making all this adult stuff work. So yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, uh, the same page, you know, you, you've got to be on the same page with your wife. I mean, I know a lot of, uh, married couples who aren't, and it makes it 10 times harder. Yeah. And, uh, mom will say one thing, punish for one thing. Dad will punish for the other thing. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's not, you gotta have some continuity there. It's not healthy for the kids. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. They, they get such mixed messages that they don't, they don't understand, you know, they're, they're just so scattered. They don't understand what they need to be doing when they need to be doing it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so if you're not, if you're not on that same page and delivering the same, uh, message of continuity, as far as, you know, behavior that's acceptable and mm-hmm. setting those parameters around, then, you know, it's, it's harmful to the kids. So, yep. um, I think that's helpful and I'm hopefully that's helpful for some of the guys out there because I know, you know, discipline and, and behavioral correction, and especially mm-hmm. 
you know, like all our kids are pretty young still. So, mm-hmm. um, we, we don't know what it's going to be like for teenagers and stuff like that. We, we still have yet to learn that, but it's coming. You, we do the best <laughs> that we can set the boundaries early, make sure they understand what's acceptable and not from our perspective. Yeah. Right. And then as they get older, then you can start talking to them more about you know, biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. So you start infusing that as you go and then you hope for the best because ultimately kids are going to do what they want to do. Yeah. As I'm sure you're aware and yeah. I'm aware. Zell was miserable in high school, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me and my brother, we just, yeah, <laughs> it was just a bad time, but uh, it was no fault of my parents. You know, yeah. it's just, we were rebels, yeah. which, which is our nature. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Yeah. We live in a fallen world, you yeah. know, yeah. Adam and Eve messed it up for us. So yeah. we're, we're, we're living in the repercussions, but uh, right. yeah, man. So um, tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your work. So you're, you're my doctor. You helped me with my tummy problems. Yeah. Yeah. PA, uh, there was a guy, I always correct people because there was a PA down on the East coast who never corrected people when they called him a doctor. Okay. He got his license taken away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Everyone. He is a PA. (laughs) I repeat, he is a PA. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's good work, uh, fulfilling, um, challenging. Yeah. And, uh, how, how has, uh, how has that changed over the last six or seven years with, uh, with your journey with Jesus? Um, I, you know, the, I try to, you can't really infuse that type of stuff into medicine a lot of times. Mm. Um, but what I try to do is be more empathetic for, with folks. I try to be supportive and encouraging to them. Like if they're going through struggles, I try to encourage them as much as they can. If they want to talk about Jesus, I'll talk about it with them, right? Yeah. But I, I tend to try to not bring that up because it doesn't go over well with everybody. Yeah. And, um, and I, I'm also a representative of the practice, right? Yeah. And so um, I, try to, I try to do a really good job and, and be there for patients that they need me to be. Um, and then for other, peop- for other folks, that's not an important part of it. So, uh, yeah. But especially like over the past few years, people have been stressed. They've been anxious. They, they had, they're losing hope. Um, they don't know to anticipate in the, in the following year, you know, they don't know what's going to happen over the next few months even. Yeah. Um, and this happens with a lot of the older folks who are, um, you know, basically they haven't had a social life for the past year and a half. And, uh, and I think those people really just need encouragement a lot. And a lot of those folks, you know, we, we live, like you said, in the Bible belt, a lot of people kind of know the answer, but it's, it's nice to have a little bit of encouragement as you go along and a little bit of hope. So I try to offer that as much as I can to patients, um, for better or worse, I guess. Yeah, no. And that's, that's good, man. And, um, you know, I, because, because I've kind of been out on my own with the entrepreneurial stuff. So I've been my own boss Mm -hmm. and because, uh, you know, now I'm in the ministry bubble and all that. I've kind of been isolated. And I remembered from you saying that, that when I was working in corporate America, you know, there is, um, there are guidelines, yeah. uh, for sharing your faith. And, uh, yep. you know, uh, I, I, I think, you know, the thing that I'd share to uh, the guys watching and listening is that, you know, um, you know, uh, Jesus says, render under Caesar was Caesar. So that means respect the authority that's, right. that's above you. Yeah. Um, and with that also, you know, be led by the Holy spirit because, um, you know, like you're saying, there's sometimes you've got people coming through your life that, 
you know, maybe you don't have to say like Jesus right in their face or anything, but just, can I pray for you or, you know, with you or something? And, uh, you know, sometimes that'll just, uh, rock people's world and, you know, uh, in a good way, you know, it'll Mm -hmm. give them hope. It'll give them that encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I wish that, uh, that corporate America and medicine and all the other industries and fields of work out there, um, we're just open to being able to share your faith. Um, but I think being strategic, um, Mm -hmm. being led by the Holy spirit and also, you know, respecting the authority that's above you is, is the key there and finding that balance. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so talking about, uh, American culture a little bit, tell me, Mm -hmm. so you, you and I aren't on social media. So why aren't you on social media? Tell me about that. Um, there are, I think, everybody faces their own types of temptation, mm-hmm. right? And I found that when I had social media, especially as a married man, uh, you start looking at things that, you know, uh, people's posts and things that maybe you shouldn't be looking at. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to places where you shouldn't be going. Yeah. Um, maybe you're Facebooking like old girlfriends and yeah. stuff. And to me, anything that would compromise my marriage was yeah. just not acceptable yep. and everybody's got their own reasons. I also felt in addition to that, that was, um, there was a, uh, Facebook, especially, um, I never got on Twitter. I never saw the value, you know, on a high value person. So yeah, <laughs> pretty much just yeah. Facebook. Uh, but I, I didn't really find that it was, uh, it was productive to leading a happy life, especially over the past, probably three or four years. Um, when, with the political, uh, process the way it was. Everybody was getting very angry. I was getting angry looking at posts and I wasn't happy on it. And, um, I think that stuff can really mess with your head in multiple ways. And I don't think this is a, um, I don't think this is an isolated thing. I think then probably everywhere deal with this sort of stuff, right? You see a picture of an old fling, you say, man, that she looks good. And then you start snooping and then you start measuring what you have with what, you know, this fantasy and, It's just not, it's not productive to a healthy relationship, I think. And then, and then also it's a time suck. I mean, spend so much time on there when you could be reading, doing something productive, exercising, spending time with the family, whatever it may be. Um, Yeah. I I think it would be better if it all just went away. You know, this was a big experiment that I think has gone terribly, terribly wrong. And I think we're starting to see that manifest in, uh, in kids now too, because they're all anxious. Um, they, they pursue happiness through likes and whatever else is out there. And if they don't get them, then they're very upset. And I, I have a younger sister that we adopted and she went through this stuff, you know, yeah. suicidality and all this sort of thing. I, I've really just, um, I really just dislike it on a very visceral level. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I wish we could go back to having landlines Yeah, because we get our personal space, you know, yep. not everybody has to be connected all the time, yep. but I, I acknowledge too, that there are benefits to it. I mean, especially if you have a platform, right. Yeah. Then you can get out good information, but it, I feel like it's probably becoming increasingly more difficult to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I, I don't care how you dice it. It's a toxic environment. Yeah. Um, and you know, my belief is it's almost like, 
like a sovereign nation in a sense because you've got missionaries that go to certain nations. They're called to different places. I think that there are, are people that are called to minister on social media. I am not one of them. Um, however, uh, for the rest of us, I think it is exactly for the reasons you said, you know, um, you can start looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. Um, you should, you can start having uh, mental fantasies and going down the rabbit hole that you shouldn't be going down. You're wasting time that you could be spending more productively with your family or elsewhere. Um, you know, and, and I think there's just, uh, just a kind of underlying, um, you know, sinister nature to it that just kind of undermines the things of God and what he wants us to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I completely agree with you. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. So, uh, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for sharing this, but I actually have two phone numbers. That's how I got away from the, uh, um, the, uh, uh, constant connection. So, mm -hmm. Just so you know, Ryan, you don't have my personal number. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> there's there's hardly anybody. It's like uh, like immediate family, and that's yeah. uh, you know maybe a friend or two there that that doesn't mind if I call them at 2 a.m. when I have a flat tire, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So you know, all that to say, uh, maybe that's a practical thing that other guys can use as a takeaway. You know, with e sims on your car, on your phone and everything now, you can have different phone numbers. You can have a Google Voice number, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I think there's a lot of value in having, um, personal mental space, um, and having, you know, we, we talk about focus on the show like every single week, but being able, like being a dad and a husband, being able to be with our kids and not have bing, 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 yep. bling, bling, you know, have those distractions. We're able to be fully present and engage with them. And that, you know, I had, I got a text, uh, from my mom, uh, a couple of days ago, I think. And she, she was like, you know, what's, what's Bennett, our son, what's, what's his love language? And I said, well, it's quality time, mm -hmm. you know? And I think for almost every kid on the planet, like that's where they start out. They, they kind of branch into the other four love languages later on in life. But I mean, if you give quality, intentional focus time with your kids, there's no better gift than you can give them. And so, um, I kind of, I kind of got on my soapbox with that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, and it's important to do so. Um, so man, tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, um, how you guys do church. Where, where do you guys attend? Uh, first Baptist in Hendersonville. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, uh, your was Emery in the, in the little Christmas thing. Yes. I think I saw her up there. Was yeah. she wearing green? Yes. I saw her. I knew it yeah. was her. I yeah. knew it was her. Yeah. Bennett was up there too. He was, she was like on the left, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Were you guys there? I was working. Okay. And Jackie was home with the sick kid. Oh. But my parents were there and, uh, my brother and his wife. Good. Yeah, so she had some support there. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I, I'd say that, uh, I'm sure you got the video from the church yeah. and everything, but I, I'd offer you my video, but, uh, it's Bennett dominant. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it do you much good. Yeah. But yeah, man. Well, cool. We, we really, uh, we really love, uh, first Baptist, uh, and, uh, we had, uh, Justin Alexander on a little mm -hmm. while ago. Um, and you might know Zach, Zach Pritz. He was on a little while ago. I don't know many people over you, there. You I know him to see him probably. I know Justin, he does the Wednesday, Wednesday night things with Scoggins, the rabbit yep. chasing. And, uh, that's a fantastic use of time. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, but he's very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, cool, man. Um, so 
if you if you had like one one and I'll, I'll even give you two if you got one or two nuggets of wisdom that you know God has kind of showed you throughout your life that you're like every guy needs to know this what would that one or two things be um not to put you on the spot or anything yeah that's tricky <laughs> that's a that's a deep question I know I know for a quick response uh, I I want people to, I want men especially to figure out how they're supposed to be good men and good husbands and good fathers. That's the most important thing. Put in the work. Yeah, put in the work. Focus, uh, educate yourself, and and pray a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Goodness, mean, yeah. We, we, need, we need good kids. We need good kids being brought up. We need kid, dads to spend time with their kids. We need dads to be... Uh, uh, providers and protectors of their family. I think that's extraordinarily important. And uh, dads also need to take up the role of being kind of like the, the pastor in their house. You know, yeah. they, they need to, they need to show what it's like to be a, a good Christian man to their kids so that they have a good example here on this planet. At yeah. least. And uh, yeah. Uh, I think getting rid of the phone is probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I, I wish there, I wish there was a way and I've, I've tried to like do mental exercise. Like what, what would it look like if I just went back to a flip phone or went back to a landline altogether or, uh, just had a landline at work and didn't have anything at home. And, uh, you know, and and I think, I think this is part of the addictive nature of all of it. I'm like, well, what if, what if my parents need me and they can't reach me I know, and they're having like a medical emergency or something, or what if I'm out and my wife and my kids need me and they can't reach me? So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got to a place where I'm like, okay, it's okay to be disconnected. And maybe, you know, and this, this is, man, I I don't know. This is almost, uh, it's pretty convicting for me. Do I have faith that God can take care Mm -hmm. of my loved ones when I'm not there? Or do I have faith in my connection via my phone? And man, I don't know, man, it's that's a fun question. Isn't it? It's a painful question. Yeah. I don't like to think about it. Well, you want to be in control as much as you can. And, uh, you know, yeah. so you do the things that you can, but I think ultimately you kind of got to give some of it up. Yeah. And that you have two different numbers. My phone goes on the coffee maker when I get home on silent. Yeah. My brother hates it. Cause he's like, why even have a phone if you're not going to answer? Um, but I get back to them after the kids go to bed and that sort yeah. of stuff. But when I get home, that's my time. Yep. And I, I, I try to disconnect as much as possible. I yep. don't think it's healthy to have <laughs> this much, this much connection a with a, with culture in general, because it's pretty rotten Yeah. and b with, you know, a world of information that you don't know how to deal with. And also just with people, I mean, people outside of your family can wait, yep. you know, so even if it's not going back to the dark ages, like 1990, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, it can, it can happen. You can disconnect. Yeah. You just gotta, gotta make that mental choice. Gotta be strategic about it. Yeah. Gotta be strategic about it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Well, cool. Well, you made it through you. Uh, you came up with yep. a nugget of wisdom yep, yep. <laughs> spur of the moment. I, you know what I need to do, man? I need to start telling people before they come on the show and be like, okay, Think about your nugget of wisdom because I put everybody on the spot and they all have that. No, like, this is good. This, this is, is good. This is the way to do it. There you go. You catch honest answers. That's true. Yeah, yeah, From yeah. an overflow, yeah. the mouth speaks. So that's right. That's true. That's, right. that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, cool, man. Um, anything else that you feel compelled that uh, you want to chat about or share? Um, I don't know what's on your mind. Any and I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. Not much. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because little girl was screaming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I like our little boy and now our little girl right around two years old. They went through this phase. I don't know if they're having nightmares mm-hmm. or what the deal is, but, um, he did it. And now she's following suit. And the last week, pretty much, I guess maybe about every other night mm-hmm. she's been waking up and just, I mean, carrying on like upset. So mama goes and calms her down and doesn't get any sleep. And I don't get any sleep either because she's our little girl super loud and our house mm-hmm. is small, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, so nothing's on my mind. <laughs> All that to say, yeah. we're, we're, we're just kind of trying to slog through right now, especially with Bennett being sick and, and all that. But yeah, man, um, I, I really don't have anything else. So, uh, I guess, uh, let me, let me wrap us up in prayer. Sounds That's good, a good man. place to go. Heavenly father, thank you so much for being able to hang out with Ryan and, uh, just uh, worship you through our conversation. Uh, we just thank you for this day as, uh, um, the date of our recording, we're a couple of days away from Christmas. I know when it goes live, it's not going to be Christmas, but we always look forward to the birth of your son and what that means because uh, you sent salvation to us. We didn't have to come find it. Um, just thank you so much for uh, what Ryan shared. The, the, I think the focus was, you know, just working out our salvation. I think that's such, such a strong challenge for all of us that, um, you know, you say, take up your cross and follow, follow you daily. And, you know, that's, that's not easy cross isn't light. It's not easy to bear. Uh, we, we have, we have work to do. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that, uh, you help all of us man up, um, and, uh, seek you to identify what work we need to, um, pour ourselves into. Like, like Ryan says, he's a high value guy. I think we all need to be high value men and uh, be intentional about where we spend our time, energy, and talent. And, uh, we just ask that uh, you make those, um, opportunities abundant and apparent to us so that we know uh, what you want us to be about and be on mission with you. And we just trust you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. So uh, if guys uh, want to connect with you, they're like, man, something Ryan said really resonated with me. How, how would they do it? It's not social media, but how would, how would they do it? Uh, just the, the email there. Email? Yep. All email's right. fine. Cool. We'll put it in the show notes and uh, it's uh, down here and you know, guys, as all as you can connect with us on our email, um, we are fullpower.com and the email is connect at we are fullpower.com and not me, but Larry on our team is uh, on social media for us. So if you do have social media and want to connect with us that way, uh, it's at we are full power and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and something else. I don't remember. <laughs> something, something Instagram. it's that's, that's Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're on Instagram. <laughs> yes. I don't, man, I'm telling you, it doesn't work to not get much sleep. No. I'm, I'm spacing out here. Yes. So connect with us. We love to hear your stories and love to hear from you guys. So as always, you guys, you're loved, you're sent, get out of here, have some fun out there and, uh, Merry Christmas to Ryan and I, and Merry Christmas in about 200 days to the rest of y'all love you. Get out of here. Bye. <laughs>